0: Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media
1: or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. I just want to go ahead and say this before I hand over the mic to her. Um, you know, she there's many people, including in that video that we just saw of me speaking, the same thing that I'm saying today. Uh, that is actually the first time I met Lisa, Melissa, and Angie. And uh, they, were, they were all three present in that meeting. And after that meeting, they came right up to me. And whenever we opened in our home, they were the first, we called them the couch ladies, because we have a great big couch at the house. It's super comfortable. And whenever they would come on Thursdays or Sundays, they'd be sitting on the couch, because we started all of this inside of a house. So our couch sisters were with us, and we love them. And then not too long after that, Jennifer started visiting us, even in the house. And uh, um, just to see what the Lord has done with her um, and where she's come from and how the Lord's touched her and worked with her. And uh, we started this Friday, the Monday night prayer meetings and we felt like she should be hosting it and, and you know, just kind of being the, the one kind of uh, uh, leading the prayer meeting and, uh, you know, there's got to be a leader somewhere, you know what I mean? So she's leading this thing and uh, just, we've just noticed like how the Lord is just Uh, uh, bringing to life everything that He already placed on the inside of her. So I want you to welcome her. I want you to have an open ear to them that have ears. Let them hear what the Spirit is saying. But listen to the heart, okay? It's, It's not just about getting filled theologically in your head. Hear the heart and what the Holy Spirit through the anointing is doing through her. Amen. So we welcome you and we bless you. And, uh, uh, you know, I would hope that we we can have lunch. So you've got up until about 3 p.m. No, I'm joking. Take it
0: away. (laughs) Hallelujah. Come on. Uh, A few months ago, well, a year ago, I didn't think that I would be standing up here. um, Went through some trials... And physically um almost died a couple of times, <laughs> and the Lord restored me and I'm just very grateful you know to be part of this movement and i I'm just beyond grateful to the Lord for what you know he is doing and I just want to first share, and and I just want to pray that I share from my core, from my, you know, from my heart, um, and not from my head, (laughs) and stay, you know, in the flow of the Holy Spirit, and what, it was awesome what God did did this morning. I even said, Lord, I really don't have to speak. I mean, you can come and move, and I I mean, that's fine with me, (laughs) because that's really, you know, my heart is, you know, for God to have His way, and I'm so Grateful to be here, you know, in this house where the Lord is able to have His way, you know. So first I want to share um, a dream that I had probably about 10 years ago. And I was going to another church. And I had a dream that I was standing in a church in the front where we actually it was called up. And it was me with a group of people and we were called up to come to come and minister. And we came up and we faced the congregation. And we were told to tell the people who were coming up who they were. And as we're standing there, people were coming up. And I can hear what the people were thinking. And some were thinking, oh, they're going to they're tell me I'm an evangelist. They're, they're going to tell me I'm a prophet. And... So as I got up and someone came before me, I wrote a C on their forehead and the Lord said, tell them they're my child. And so that was, that's what, and it's funny because you're talking about, you know, building up apostolic teams. And so that's basically what this house, the foundation is to know who we are in Christ and our identity. But where I was at, you know, going to church, I was praying and hoping that it would have happened there, but it ended up not happening, <laughs> and which, which, you know, I knew it was God was saying was in his timing. So anyway, um, what I have to talk about, it may say, sound elementary, <laughs> but it's actually part of the foundation that God is having us stand on. And, and I'm going to be transparent. And because in order for us to be the apostolic, to carry that apostolic anointing, to walk as an army of God, to walk into strength, to, to walk in who we are, you know, not moved by anything, there's things that God's going after in us. And, and today was, was, a, you know, God, was an awesome demonstration of what the Lord is doing. I mean, he doesn't want anything in us that's going to hinder us walking fully into what God's called us to walk in. And I know he's, work, he's working in my life because he wants us to be confident, convinced, <laughs> unwavering not moved by anything, convinced in who we are in Him. You know? And not theologically, not just in a head, in the core. In the core of who we are. A lot of times we don't live in the core, out of the core of who we are. A lot of times we live out of the head. (laughs) And so, anyway... um, I'm going to share just quickly, a uh, little bit, a little quick testimony. <laughs> Woo! Transparent here. See, the thing about giving your testimony is that I think it's part of um, Revelations. When, in Revelation it says, um, what is that? We love, we overcome by the blood of our testimony and love not our lives unto death. And that's a part of sharing your testimony is laying down your life for others, even if, I mean, it's laying down your reputation, because mine's not too pretty. <laughs> um, I mean, it is pretty. It's beautiful. I mean, God totally beautified it. Woo! So anyway, um, I'm from New Orleans, well, West Bank, and consider New Orleans. Um, I grew up in a home, very dis- dysfunctional home. A um, lot, lot of alcoholism, a lot of drug abuse. Um, my parents split up when I was five, and my home life was not secure at all. And my dad was an alcoholic, and there was there was no you know affirmation. There was no covering. There was no protection. It was pretty much our arch- the kids were pretty much, you know, seen and not heard, basically, and managed. And it's like I lived in a, a lot of different homes. I lived with my aunt. I live we lived with babysitters. Lived with my grandmother sometimes, and so that pretty much put a fear. I'm pretty much fear was probably the one of the main emotions that I experienced, and. So anyway, um, you know, I'm sharing this and I'm not shaming anyone. I'm not going to shame anyone in my family because she, that's what Jesus does. He, he, he um, redeems, he restores. And this is just part of my testimony because it's reality. It's like, you know, um, there's going to be people coming in that are going to need to, you know, because all of us can relate to different types of people. So, anyway, um, by the time, okay, I lived, uh, my, I lived with my dad for about four years from time, eight to 12, and my stepmother was physically abusive. I mean, physically, pretty much, I mean, it was pretty bad. And it put, once again, it instilled fear in me. Um, when I was 12 years old, we went to go live with my mother, and she got married, and at her wedding is when I had my first drink. And I liked it. I, I, drank, I drank rum and Coke and I liked the way it made me feel. It, it was an escape. So I pretty much, my, like I said, in my family there was a lot of alcohol. I mean, they would give, give us kids alcohol. And not just alcohol, weed. I had a, my uncle that used to give me drugs. I used to babysit for drugs. Yeah. So, when I was 15, I left home. I ran away. I ended up in the French Quarter with a younger sister who was on the streets, too. And we lived in a halfway house, not a halfway a runaway shelter off Esplanade. And sometimes we would be kicked out if we came in. I'm bit, like I said, I'm transparent here. Thank God for Jesus. Um, sometimes we get kicked out. If we came, if we came in loaded, we got kicked out for three days. And we'd be rowing around the French Quarter. And sometimes it would just be me. Sometimes it'd just be my sister. But I'm going to back up a little bit. I did have a praying aunt who took me to church. Well, it took us, me and my two sisters. And I remember since in the presence of god i knew that god was real but you know living in a dysfunctional home with dysfunctional parents and and no one to train you up you know it it, it kind of it didn't stick but i always I talked to god um, we lived with her for a season and i remember one of our babysitters taking us to revival this was back in the early 70s in the jesus movement and I was about five or six, and I remember the presence of God, and I remember seeing people fall out, and I rem- that, it's like that presence. I wanted that, you know. I, I I wanted whatever that was. I wanted it. So it's like when I like I said when I was 15, I left home, um, but I still talked to God, you know, because I could just I see times when God I could see God in my life, you know, um, intervening, revealing himself, saying that he's real, that he's there, you know, and um, I actually got saved when I was 12. We used to walk to, us kids used to walk to a Baptist church, but when, you know, like I said, it didn't stick, and because we weren't, you know, taking to church all the time, and I turned out, like I said, I turned to alcohol, I turned to drugs, but I still prayed to God, when I was 15, like I said, I left home, on the streets, doing drugs, drinking. I ended up going to a treatment center and they shipped me from New Orleans to Kansas and I lived on a halfway house. I tried to stay straight for, you know, it, didn't do it, couldn't do it, um, still talked to God. Still saw God intervene and, you know, ne- once I got saved, I realized, you know, uh, how God intervened intervened in my life. <laughs> so anyway, okay, I'm going fa- to fast track this. Okay, when I turned 25, uh, I was in the deepest pit. <laughs> and I was basically homeless with a, um, a three-year-old. I had two kids, that so I left in Kansas. Um... I was walking down the street, and I cried out to God, and I said, "God, I need you," and I meant it. I meant it. I knew I knew the I knew the sinner's prayer, you know, because like I said, I I said it when I was twelve. But I gave I gave my life to the Lord, walking on that street. Once again, I'm telling you, I'm transparent, (laughs) hungover so full of shame and i called out to him and it wasn't like the birds started singing like some people have like angels appear to them and stuff like that and it it was something something happened inside of me and there was a hunger there was a hunger for him and there was a hunger for a different life because i was sick and tired of being sick and tired and I had they say that in AA and NA, but anyway, um, I remember I I called the last person I, s- I said I would ever call, and that was my mother. We did not have a good relationship at all, and so I called her, went to live with her, and I remember like um, I'm thinking, well, I gotta I gotta change what I watch on TV. It's like I can't, you know, watch horror movies anymore. I just something in me I just didn't have a, I didn't have a desire to do that, and. I remember I would say, "Well, I'll watch I'll watch Jimmy Swagger, <laughs> So I'd watch Jimmy Swaggart on Sunday mornings, and you know, and say the sinner's prayer every time he said we'd do it. I'd say the sinner's prayer. I wanted to make sure I was saved. So anyway, um, <laughs> and I remember I was like listening to the radio, and it's like I can't listen to WRO anymore, or the Rock of New Orleans, and it's like I can't listen to that anymore, and it's like. I'm thinking, well, maybe I'll listen to the opera station. That's what, I, yeah, I'll listen, that's safe. I'll listen to it. So I, I was turning the channel, but now I, now I realize I can't listen to, I mean, there is some secular music I can't listen to. I was, but anyway, um, I was turning to the opera station, and all of a sudden I heard this song, well, this line to a song, and it says, it's my turn now to give my life away. And it was it was a Christian song. I'm like I'm like wow, they got like upbeat Christian music. I didn't know that. So anyway, okay, make a long story longer. Um, <laughs> I um, okay. I ended up going to a Baptist church, and I'm like God, there's got to be more than you. I'm sorry, I don't mean to. It was a very good biblical foundation. It was. <laughs> it was a very very. You know, uh, salvation, sanctification, justification. uh, I can't remember the other ones. But anyway, I'm sitting there. It's like, there's got to be something more. And God sat someone next to me on a Wednesday night that invited me to a charismatic uh, meeting. And I (laughs) I remember walking in that church. And it's like, wow, I know this. I know this. Present, I know this feeling you know because I felt it when I was little um,
2: <sighs>
0: <sighs> the reality of God, the reality of Jesus, the reality of God taking someone so broken and i know i've heard testimony after testimony of, of and how real he is how he restores <sighs> how he changes i was I, I didn't know who i was i didn't i did not know who i was i had no one cuz that's what god does in in, the, in his creation he gives parents, a mother, a father, to nurture, to tell their kids, to give identity. I didn't have that. And to sense the love, I mean, oh, what a search for all my life. You know, I I started going to that church, and I started having um, encounters with Jesus. And I knew about the Holy Spirit. I knew, you know, um, I fell in love with Jesus. Back then, there was like a big, this was like the um, early 90s, maybe 90. And there was a big movement about the the bride and the groom. You know the bride of Christ and the and the groom, Jesus as the groom, and it's like I fell in love with Jesus, and I knew, you know, I knew that I was saved. I knew that he, that I was. This is my favorite, one of my favorite scriptures. I was the righteousness, you know, in Christ Jesus. I was heaven. <laughs> I fasted all the time. I prayed all the time. I read my Bible. I, you know, but, but there was still something. Rejection. I had so much rejection. And it's like, even though i I mean, I knew Jesus loved me. But there was something that was like, what what is this, God? What what is this? And I would like fast, try to fast it off, fast it away, pray it away, read my Bible. I mean, I I just wanted to rip the pages off the Bible and just eat it, so to get there, whatever this, what is this, God? What is it? And I remember I went to this meeting with these ladies, and there was different ladies from different churches. And as one lady prayed to the Father, I mean, I knew about the Father. I knew God's so love of the world that He gave His only begotten Son. You know, I knew that. I knew there was a Father. I knew there was a Trinity. But when she spoke to the Father, it was like. She was literally speaking to a father. And I'm thinking this thought, maybe she's Jehovah Witness. I don't know why I thought that because I've never heard anybody pray like that. So I'm struggling with rejection and I ended up talking to her and she told me about this church that does inner healing. And see, the thing is that you know, we do change our minds. Our minds need to be re- renewed. You know, our old, our soul, our soul is where all the stuff is. You know, you got it got to be renewed. I, I I memorized that scripture, Romans twelve one through two. Um, I beseech these brethren by the mercy of God that you present yourself as a holy sacrifice, holy and acceptable to the Lord. Be not conformed to the image of this world, but be renewed in your mind. And I knew that. That's why I, I constantly read scripture to get my mind renewed. But you know what? In that mind, that whatever the struggle is, whatever the lie, there's, there's a root there. There's a root. You could cut off the, the top of it, you know, and if you don't ever deal with the root, it's just going to keep on coming back up. So, anyway... Um, I, start, I started going to these meetings and the first thing they asked me was, do you believe the Father loves you? And I'm like, yeah, I, I think I do. Yeah, I, you know, I start quoting scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave us the only begotten Son. And they're like, no, do you, do you, do you really believe that the Father loves you. (laughs) And I remember sitting there (laughs) and all of a sudden this shame of not having a father and the lie that I believed. I had been saved for three years. I I was going to prayer every morning at five o'clock before I went to work. I was having encounters. I had a vision, a couple of visions while I was at that church. And I'm talking encounters with God, night visions where God was speaking to me. And there still was that, there was shame still there. And it's like, but I know that Jesus, I know that he set me free. But there was a lie that I was still believing. And so when they asked me, do you believe the Father loves you? And I'm like struggling, but yes, I know I, I believe by faith. God loves me. Yes, I know He loves me. I know He loves me. And like I said, that shame came to the surface. And then <laughs> see, that's what God does. He's working, you know, in the soul. In the soul, there, there, there's still there, there could be still lies there. I mean, we're new creations. You know, our spirit man, like Pastor says, you know, our, our spirit man is alive to God, but sometimes there's still lies there. That's what God is getting after. And that's a good thing. Okay, so I didn't read any of my notes here. Oh, my gosh. So, um, I just, I do want to read this. Uh, because I was, being re- I was being introduced to the Father. <laughs> which I was introduced to the Father. Jesus introduced me to the Father, but I was real. I was being, Ephesians 1, 17. Paul said, I pray that you, that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him more. And it takes revelation. Sometimes it takes revelation. Who brings revelation? It's, it's the Holy Spirit. It's God that brings the revelation in us. Um, I promise I had so much, oh my goodness, I had so much <laughs> scriptures here. I will, I will read this scripture. Oh. <laughs> uh, I just want to read the scripture, you know, when I came to the Lord. I just, you know, I, I want to say this real fast. When I was like 22 and I was living in Kansas and I was like, man, drinking every day. I drink every day. I drank from the time I got up to the time I passed out. I drank I did. I did drugs. I was so empty. And I was at at a pool. I was living in an apartment complex and I was at a pool drinking and this lady from across the pool walks to me. (laughs) Ah! She walked to me and she said, oh my gosh, my my phone's ringing and my hearing aids. (laughs) I can hear it. So anyway, she said, she said, Hey, I'm so-and-so, and I'm a Christian, and I want to tell you that God's hand is on your life, and he's going to bring you out of what you're in. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I knew her name to talk to her. And this is one of the scriptures. Okay, I forgot where I was at. Oh, about the Father. Okay. Ooh, Okay. Okay, Colossians 1 21 through 22 says, even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected, and I put in parentheses, awaken to remember, yeah, back to himself. He released supernatural peace through the sacrifice of his own body as the sin payment on your behalf, so that you would dwell in his presence. And now there is nothing between you and the Father for He sees you as flawless and restored. And see, when Jesus when Jesus came, he came to be an example, he was completely human, completely God, and he came to be an example for us to walk as that lamb slain, you know, to walk as the lamb who would be slain, but also to demonstrate the relationship. That we, too, have with the Father, right. <sighs> the thing is that when I, you know I got saved and I was in a charismatic church, and they talked a lot about the Holy Spirit a lot about Jesus, but there really it was like there really wasn 't any i think revelation or talk about the father it 's like we literally, literally as children of God could go, we have access to the Father. Yeah. There's a trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and it's only through Jesus. And Jesus showed who the, what the Father was like. But we, as children, and you know, I couldn't see that. I couldn't, I couldn't um, grasp that because of my relationship with my dad. My dad was distant. I mean, there's a lot of fathers, there's a lot of different, you know, there's abusive father, you know, and, and but my father, he didn't protect me. And so I didn't realize the lie that was in the core that, okay, God, I felt like, you know, I was believing I was on the outside looking in. I was seeing, you know, I, there, I, I, I wasn't as good as everybody else, you know, because of the shame. I was unlovable. Because growing up as a kid, when you don't receive that, you think you start to think, well, it must be me. It must be something wrong with me. <sighs> <sighs> but we've got to get we've got to get that. Because that's the whole message that we carry, you know. <laughs> I've read, uh, there's people, this, this is a really awesome book, Ed Peor, he it was one of the first ones, uh, pioneered the, the message of the Father in the vineyard, and he was saved for 10, 12 years and struggled with religion, because that's what, without that revelation, and it all ties together with the, with the, the revelation that we're righteous in Jesus. It all ties together, because without it, we perform we perform. <sighs> we perform. We're jealous. We get jealous if someone else is getting attention. I know I've struggled with it. I'm being transparent. Because we think that God, and that's the, that's the older brother mentality with the prodigal son. When a prodigal came in and a, an a, um, older son was jealous, and it, it basically he was saying, well, Father, you're holding all this back from me You're and giving it, to your other son, and when we're jealous, that's what we think. We think that God's holding out on us, so we, you know, we got to be seen, we got to be known, we got to, you know. And it's it's the revelation that we're never ever overlooked, never. But we got to live that it's on the inside. It's it, I got to find this quote. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of Henry Nowen. He's another father. Father General I mean, cares that message. Him and Jack Frost. Jack Frost was, say, for 15 something years, he was a tyrant at home. He was a pastor. And he was a tyrant at home because he had a father's womb. He had to perform for his father. He never got his father's love. And God whacked him with his love at a conference, <laughs> a father's conference, a father heart Con- conference, and it totally changed him. Um, When we are not living out of that revelation that we are completely loved, Jesus, when he was baptized he didn't even he didn't perform anything he didn't do anything and the father said this is my son whom I'm well pleased and when he went into the wilderness the the enemy satan came against his son, sonship his his identity but he knew who he was and it was the affirmation of the father but anyway i forgot to say that when you know when they were when they, <laughs> when they were saying, do you know the father? And they said, Father, show her. Show her. And all of a sudden, through all that stuff going on in my head, he said, you're mine. You're mine. And I love you. You're mine. And when he said that, all that it just broke through all that shame, and it hit the core, and I began, that pain began to come out of, from, from the father womb, and, and his love began to push it out, and I began to... <laughs> the Scripture, whereby is, is the spirit of adoption witnesses with our spirit that we're children of God, Where my hearts cry of a father. Cry of a father. There's some emotion attached to that. And it took that revelation. So I just want to say that when we're not living in that, it's inward, it's that inner, that inner world kingdom, living in that kingdom, living in the embrace of the Father, living, living in the truth of who we are. And when we're not living out of that, we become like the prodigal in a far, a far country, going off into a far country. We never leave the father's house, but but the mindset, the orphan mindset. It leaves us to be living in insecurity, suspicion. wombs not healed, lies believed. When we choose not to embrace the father as we are embraced, we look for acceptance, affirmation, identity, fulfillment, satisfaction, in the core, and we're saying. To the outside goes along with that word you gave last week about, you know, looking some buying this and but we're looking. Show me I'm loved. Show show me I'm valuable. And it's like the prodigal going out the outside into a far country outside the father's house, looking outside ourselves when everything we need is within. We' are the beloved of God <sighs> that I believe this is part of the message you know of this house is the fullness <laughs> of who God is because God wants to heal us and he wants us to walk in that revelation because the, the earth groans and waits for the manifestations of the sons of God not the manifestations of us living out of our head and, 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 and not people can tell if you're convinced or not but he's convincing us he's <laughs> So the father is part of the equation because that's living in the fullness, you know. If we carry father wombs and cannot feel like we cannot go to the father, even Martin Luther Martin Luther had a troubles going to the father. He had a hard he had a harsh father. And he had a hard time going to the Father. So what God do is w- with me, and He's still doing. Because sometimes I go into a far country. <laughs> I never leave His house, but it, like I said, it's, it's the mentality. Sometimes I go off into a far country, looking. Tell me I'm okay. Tell me I'm loved. I actually went through a storm and that with some betrayal. <sighs> But in order to, for us to love ourselves fully, because God wants us to, <laughs> we gotta believe that the Father is good. You know, I could just sense the Father's heart. Oh my goodness, He is so, so eager for us to walk on this earth, totally convinced that we are the Beloved, that we are fully and completely accepted in Him. See that's the greatest weapon against the accuser. There was not a day in our life when we were not loved. play this song do you think we have time pastor mark okay um i want to play this song and um this song is abba i belong to you and the, the story behind this song is has anyone ever heard of brennan manning he's another father father um guy um there was this, he was at some kind of retreat, and there was a nun there, and she um, went up to him, he had spoke, and she went up to him, and she said she had a hard time. She was struggling with a lot of, like, rejection, a lot of stuff going on, and I think she told him that actually she was abused, and she was having a hard time, and so Brennan Mannon told her, I want you to go home. And I want you to say, "Abba, I belong to you." Abba, in hell, I belong to you, and keep repeating that. So she did. She went home. She came back to the retreat, and she said, <laughs> "She said, my father." Not the father, because we say the father. She said, my father broke through all that pain and overwhelmed me with his love. And she said there was something. I hope I'm telling this right, because I don't remember the whole story. So anyway, I'm going to play this song. And I I just want to pray that the spirit of adoption witnesses to the core of our being. That he's our father. I want to read the scripture before we do that song so I can make it official, read more than two, one scripture. Okay. All right, in John 16, 23, 24. For here is eternal truth. When that time comes, you won't need to ask me for anything, but instead you will go directly to the Father and ask him for anything you desire, and he will give it to you because of your relationship with me. Until now you have been you have not been bold enough to ask the father for a single thing in my name but now you can ask and keep on asking and you can be sure that you will receive what you ask for and your joy will have no limits you are right my you are my righteous father but the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that I know you. And all those who believe in me also know that you have sent me. I have revealed to them who you are, and I will continue to make you even more real to them so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me. For your love will now live in them even as I live in them. So the Father loves us just the way he loves Jesus. And you know, this is one of the keys to step into those supernatural life that God's called us to live. Limitless. Bigger than what we can ever ask, imagine, or think. So, I'm going to have Cody play this song, Abba Belong to You. And, like I prayed, I, I'm going to that the spirit of adoption would witness to our hearts <laughs> how completely loved we are and how we are his own. And I just want to pray and ask the Father for those that have struggled. With knowing him as Father. That the father would go to that place and release that pain. Push it out with his love. I'm just I'm gonna read this really quick and put the song on. I wrote. I wrote this last night um, as the Father speaking. And if you can just close your eyes, the Father says, "Listen to my voice. Turn your heart's ear to me. I call you, my beloved." I call you my beloved. I call you my beloved. Not because of what you've done or what you do. It is not based on your striving (coughs) and performing for my love. It's simply because you are mine and said yes to my son who came and gave all that we be reunited and be as one. I have called you, hear me. I have called you by name. Even before the beginning of time, you were with me. I have molded you in the depths of the earth, and my eyes have never once turned away from you. I have carved you in the palm of my hands. Listen, listen. I've hidden you in the shadow shadow of my embrace. I saw you when you felt unseen I heard you when you felt unheard. And there wasn't a day in your life that you were not loved. Even when you were, felt unlovely, I saw you as beautiful, precious, I am your father. I am your father. I am your Abba. I am your daddy. Which Abba is symbi- that's the word actually is translated daddy. <laughs> you have a right to be. You are acknowledged. And I will heal those wounds in your core in the core of your heart, of your being, where others in their weakness have failed to represent me. For it is with my love, as the spirit of adoption witnesses what has already been true, you are mine. The cry I've longed to hear, and it brings joy to my heart. When you call me, Abba, Father, So we're just going to sit. I just pray that this just resonate to your core, resonate to your heart.
1: I don't want to interrupt this atmosphere. Let's keep the music playing in the background. That's perfect. I don't want to interrupt the atmosphere at all, but I am going to segue at this point. Um, For those of you that need to leave, that's fine. You're dismissed. You can go. Just do so quietly. You're free, please. If you need to go, that's fine. I don't want to interrupt what's happening here because I believe after that we're going to invite whoever needs ministry to come up and uh, we'll have the team of people ministering to you i'll hand over for her to finish but whoever needs to leave can do that if you are giving please before you leave the envelopes are on my right your left if you're writing out checks make them out to destiny revival ministries or drm or you can go to um, our website destinyrevivalministries.com you can click on the give today button and you can tithe there or give your offering there. Or last of all, you can text to give. Text the word give to uh, 337-434-3777. It's 337 uh, 434 Text the word give to that number. You'll give a, get a, a link to be able to give safely and securely. In the meantime, um, I want to say this. This is a very holy moment. Um, and I really feel like the Lord is wanting to minister to some of you. Some of you have got some things planned. If you need to go, please, nobody's going to think ill of you. So we want to dismiss whoever needs to go. We're going to keep the worship music playing. And then whoever needs to be ministered to, will invite you up. But I'll let her uh, invite whoever comes up and then we'll minister to you. All right. We love you so much. And, and, uh, and, and you're just hearing the heart. The Lord has done an amazing work in this lady's heart in her life. So we're just, we love you. And I just want you to know we're super blessed and we're proud of you. And we're just so thankful. Thank you for giving yourself to every one of us here. And uh, I just thought I should say that because I don't want to take away from this moment right now, but I also want to let people know that they're free to go if they need to. Amen.
0: Okay, um, I feel like the Lord, um, there's some that have felt like they haven't received a Father's blessing or affirmation, and I just ask, I'm going to call him Apostle Mark, because that's what he is, so So I want to ask, I ask him to do that as a father, to give a Father's blessing. So if anyone feels like that's, that's you, you can come up. And um, if, any, if this has touched anyone and there are those that struggle with going to God as Father or maybe um, had some wombs come up or whatever um, to come up, but the Father's blessing
1: Come right up here, that's fine. I wanted to say this, uh, just a couple of things. Now, if you're here and you're here and you've been dismissed, don't ever say, we didn't let you go. So if you're staying here, it's because you're wanting to stay here. That's fine, okay? Um, And I'm saying that with love, you know. (laughs) Um, I wanted to say this two things. The Bible says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself not imputing their trespasses against Him. God was in Christ. So the who was in Christ? God. Who's God? The Father. So Abba, Father, was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. So Jesus manifested the Father's intentions towards us. Are you with me? Not imputing, not counting our trespasses. He wasn't there to... Judge you and put you in guilt and shame and condemnation. He was there to love you. Are you with me? Secondly, she said something which sparked a thought. Jesus, when He was baptized, listen to, think about this thought, was completely operating in the perfection of relationship to His Father. He knew He was who He was. He knew His identity. He knew exactly what His assignment was. And it was outside of the realm of performance. Think about that for a second. Why do I say it was outside of the realm of anything that Jesus did? And yet He was fully secure in His relationship to the Father. Why? Because when He was baptized, the Father made His intentions known about His Son. He said, this is my beloved Son. The word beloved there is also my dear Son. The one that I love. This is the one that I love, hear Him. In other words, Jesus hadn't even performed one single miracle yet. There was no performance and God made His intentions known. How many of us sitting here in the church, in the ministry feel that it's based on our performance that we have any sort of recognition from the Father? Jesus was fully secure in His relationship outside of the realm of performance. That's in John uh, John chapter uh, one, verse 33, 34, 35, where, where it actually talks about John being baptised. And then in chapter two, Jesus only then begins His ministry. And the first miracle He ever did was turn water into wine. First miracle. God didn't, He didn't get baptized after the first miracle. He got baptized before the first miracle. God God established for our understanding the complete unconditional love that He had for His Son. And there was nothing that Jesus had done except Posture Himself in a place of being who He was called to be outside of any realm of performance. God never said, Son, look at Him and how many miracles He's done. Look at how much He's done. I love Him so much, hear Him. Think about that. Not one single thing did Jesus do in terms of executing any miracles. The miracle happened after the baptism. So God's also speaking to us, and he's telling us he loves us unconditionally outside of what we have to offer him. His love for us is got nothing to do with what we can offer him. He's saying, Do I have, does he love that we offer him things and that we do things? Does he love that? Yes, he loves that. But that's not why he the the the, the root of his love is not rooted in that. Isn't that amazing? So we're ministering out of the overflow of that. And this is so powerful. This revelation is so powerful because it will take you off of the treadmill of performance into a Christianity that has sold you, you've got to do all these things in order for Him to love you. He didn't do that to His own Son. What makes you think He's gonna... In fact, God was reconciling to the world, the world to Himself, not imputing our trespasses against us. Jesus was here to display exactly where His love comes from, how, he got, how His Father felt about Him was the exact way. He was there to demonstrate who He was so that we could tap into that. Religion has taught us performance. Maybe earthly fathers and mothers have taught us performance. There's several different ways that uh, people, mentors, leaders have taught us performance. They've taught us how to do, do, do in order to receive. Let me just tell you right now, there is nothing you can do to receive the love of God except receive it. And out of that place of confidence, knowing the Father loves me, not based on what I can do. He loves me with an everlasting, unconditional love. And when I can rest in that place, from that point onwards, whatever I do in the kingdom is no longer rooted in trying to get His approval. You're no longer trying to get the approval of the Father. Some of us, without knowing, we have an approval addiction. We have an approval for this one to like me. We have an approval for that one to like me. We have an approval for our fathers to love us, our mothers, all because of what, remember, the assignment of the enemy is to rob you. One of the biggest things he can ever rob you of is is getting you to have a warped understanding of who he is, of who the Father is. Because if He can derail you by one degree, it might not look very like very much. But when you take one line and you veer it off by one degree and you start walking for 12 miles, you're going to be far off from the original point. It doesn't need much. And that is the sound of the house here that is also being spoken forth this morning that we know who we are. We know who our identity is. It's not a place of arrogance. It's a posturing in His love so that we're not a performance-based ministry. And we're not going to impart to all the people that God sends us a performance-based Christianity, but one of a Father who loves us unconditionally and He, they can start coming into that same place. Amen. Amen. Being transformed by the love of the Father. Let's have all of you guys, if you don't mind, Mallory, you guys can just come up on this side, please. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Close your eyes. Let's all close our eyes and stretch our hands forward. In fact, while we're doing that, if you need a take this moment to dismiss yourself and you really wanna get out, you're worried people are looking at you while everybody's eyes are closed, you can take the opportunity to do that. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Father, I thank You. Lord, that today, not by the hand of men, but by Your supernatural hand, as people have been ministered to in their hearts and their spirits their minds, the soul, the mind, the will and the emotions. Father, I thank You that there is a letting go of every bit of performance, every bit of any sort of approval addiction, Father, that there is a a new confidence that would come upon them that is rooted completely in Your unconditional love. Father, let them come to a complete place of rest in their walk uh, with You, Lord, and let everything from this point onwards that they offer to You not be rooted in any sort of approval, approval because they are fully I hear the spirit of the Lord telling you this morning each and every one of us but those of you especially that have come up the Lord says I approve of you you have my unconditional approval this morning quit striving quit trying to have any form of performance this morning but with the love of the Father, the the love of the Father is imparted to you today in the mighty Name of Jesus, that you receive the very thing that you came up for, from Him, it's His anointing, it's His ministry, it's His blessing. I come against every false identity I come against every false identity, every warped identity, every place that the enemy has come in and warped your, 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 your understanding, warped and has allowed things to come in that has just taken you one degree off of that understanding in the Name of Jesus. By the authority of Jesus Christ, I thank You that there is a <laughs> a a, a, a in, even in the area of your mind, in the area of your mind, there are brand new, and some of y'all don't think I'm crazy for saying this. When I'm going to say this, that there are brand new neuro pathways created that will no longer identify with the old way of thinking. I break that generational line of thinking. I break that generational line of thinking. Well, this is what happened to my family. This is what happened to me. This is what's wrong with me. This is what, this, 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 this. And you've identified and you've actually allowed that to become a place and a stronghold in your own life. That the Spirit of God, by the hand of God and by the finger of God, go right into your physical mind and touch you in your mind right now in the Name of Jesus. That new pathways, neurological, brand new healing neurological pathways are formed to no longer have the old perception, but to see yourself the way that He sees you and to come to come, to come into a place of complete rest. I hear the Lord say, I'm gonna bring you into complete rest. I hear the Lord saying, I'm gonna bring you into complete rest this morning. So just raise your hands to heaven. It's already yours. I hear the Lord saying, it's already yours. You've already received it. When I lay my hands on you, all that is, is an impartation uh, or, or a connecting of your faith with what He has already given. It's just sealing the deal for what God has already done. And the Lord says, I want you to begin to, even from today, take it down, write it on paper and say, today is the day that things change. And write down, this is a new season, this is a new day. Shall, can you not see it? Shall it not spring forth? For the Lord says, I'm bringing rivers in the desert. I'm bringing completion in the season for your lives. In the mighty Name of Jesus.
0: The Father is saying to you what you've longed, you've longed for all your life. And He's He has been saying it over and over, but He's really, really causing, he's, it's like He's really got your attention. And your heart to really hear what you have longed for all your life, is that you are loved. You have a right to be, you are affirmed by him. You are his own. And even when you were little, when you were young and you felt unseen and you felt unloved, and he says that he saw you and he sees you today, he sees you, he's never turned his eyes away from you. you just because you're his, you're his little girl, you're his son, you're his daughter. He's undoing everything, everything that's been done, everything that's been done. He's undoing every lie, every lie that's been believed. He's undoing, he's undoing right now. And you receive what's already done, you're receiving what's already done, the affirmation of your Father, Oh, beloved, beloved, beloved.
1: Hallelujah. That's it. Hallelujah. It's simple. In the name of Jesus, I'm just going to say it's yours upon every one of you right now. In the name of Jesus, it's yours. It's yours from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. In the name of Jesus, it's yours. It's yours, it's yours, it's yours. Write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down. Every bit of performance, healed, set free today in Jesus' Name, it's yours. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. That's it, that's it. it, it. Gentle presence of the Holy Spirit come upon you right now in the Name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, it's yours. It's yours, come on. Oh, hallelujah, I'm just declaring the greatest season that you have ever walked in. You are now stepping into that like you never have before. This is it, this is it, this is it, this is it. I just release prophetically over you what I see in the Spirit, Jesus.